Merry Christmas. Hope you guys had a good Christmas Eve. Uh, we uh, we were able to spend some time with our friends, uh, Mike and Hannah. We went, the kids were playing, and Mina did a reel, a dance reel. I don't know if you guys, she's super into it. Uh, she's 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 like convinced that one day she'll get me to do one. No. <laughs> I was like, I'm 47. I can't, I can't do reels. We'll see. Uh, it's Christmas. Uh, and so, you know, like in Korea, I feel like it's, it's kind of hard sometimes to get into the Christmas spirit of things. I grew up in LA. Um, and some people grow, like who grew up in the East Coast of America? Anybody here? Yeah, like East Coast, if you ever go to New York City uh, on Christmas, it, it feels like Christmas. It's like you, you see like all of the, the old movies, like, you know, like Santa Claus and like, you know, like Miracle and on 40 something street. I don't know what street it is. 34th street. Yeah. It's all about, you know, like the Christmas. There's a, uh, you know, and so, uh, uh, and I, I have to say that it's okay to enjoy Christmas in that way. Some people think like, oh, you guys, you know, like you guys can, you know, but Christmas trees, eggnog, Santa Claus, it's okay. Like this morning, um, our kids don't believe in Santa Claus. And so like, you know, they came, they came out and they saw all the gifts and we didn't really set up our Christmas tree this year because we were kind of lazy. And so Mina actually drew a Christmas tree. <laughs> she made it out of paper, you know, because it's a lot of work. And, you know, we've both been really busy uh, at this time of year. And so and they came out and they saw the gifts. And, you know, we get to, you know, they get to have fun. And so, I mean, it's okay to enjoy Christmas in this way, right? Um, it, it's, 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 it's fine to have a Christmas tree. It's fine to, like, you know, shop and, you know, like, you know, give gifts to your friends. But it's not okay if that's all that Christmas is for you. If that's all that Christmas is for you as a believer, I believe that there there is something wrong with your outlook on 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 your faith and outlook on who God is. As believers, we have uh, to have a superseding revelation, right? A, a revelation of what Christmas is that trumps Santa Claus and Christmas trees. Right? You know, like for our kids right now, you know, you know, it's. For them, it's okay. But as grown-ups, as people that have been in the world for a while and we understand what the meaning of the Christmas truly is, it has to be more than that. It has to be more than just having the Christmas feeling, you know, and like, you know, because we kind of miss that, but, you know, it has to be more than, you know, going to Shinsegi and seeing the big Christmas tree and all of that, right? And then if we think about it, we do have an amazing and powerful revelation of what Christmas is to us. It's more glorious than anything this world can offer, right? You know, one of the main things, uh, one of the most famous Christmas trees in the world is the Rockefeller Christmas tree and Rockefeller Plaza. Who's ever seen the tree, right? Um, you know, it's, it's this year, the two, t- 2022 Rockefeller Center Christmas tree was an 82 foot Norway spruce from Queensbury, New York, arrived in Manhattan on Saturday, November 12th. And, and it weighs approximately 14 tons. Um, and this year it will be decorated with, uh, it's 50 foot in diameter. That's huge. That's like, you know, I think it's like more than this, this area right here. It's, uh, it'll be decorated with more than 50,000 multicolored LED lights and a dazzling Swarovski star crystal topper that weighs about 900 pounds and includes 70 spikes covered in millions of crystals, right? That sounds amazing, right? Like, and that's the, right now. If you were in New York, you can go and see that, right? You see this amazing tree. Uh, growing up in a, in LA, it was not this. It was not the same. We don't really have snow in LA, but we would have this thing called Candy Cane Lane, where 
certain neighborhoods, the whole whole neighborhood would go crazy decorating their houses. They would have like, you know, and you would drive through at night, there'd be a long line of cars driving through this area, and they would have like crazy lights. Some of them would have music playing, and they have all, it's like a light show, and it really feels like Christmas. We would drive through, you know, when we were in high school, and in groups, and you know, we'd get into that spirit of Christmas. But all of that pales in comparison to the revelation of Christmas inside each and every one of us, or at least it should, right? You know, and if you've been missing out on this, on the spectacular, amazing, mind-blowing truth behind Christmas, right? This is what we want to talk about today. So I want to remind you today what, how Christmas should make us feel. What should, like, how should Christmas make us feel as believers? And before I start, I want to talk about the actual scope of what Christmas is, right? To reveal the actual spectrum of what Christmas means to us, right? Christmas didn't start with the beginning of the Gospels, right? If you've, if you've been a Christian, Christian for a while, you guys know that out of the Gospels, it's um, Luke and Matthew record the birth of Jesus Christ, right? They, you know, I think Luke has the longest recording, but, you know, they both record, you know, you know Mary and Joseph, um, we saw this really funny meme where it's Mary and Joseph, and and then Joseph's like 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 I'm sorry I didn't make reservation, and then she's like like <laughs> she's like Mary talk to me talk to me, and then it's like how how, how how silent light began, right? You guys know kind of like the, you know the story of Jesus and Mary, and they couldn't find any room at the end, and so they had to go into a manger, which is like a, you know basically a barn, and and Jesus you know came into the world. You know, in, in that, in, in that way. But when we read the Bible, we see that the coming of Jesus was proclaimed long before that night in Bethlehem, right? And Genesis 3.15, I hope this works. I think the battery was that earlier. Genesis 6.15 is called the Proto-Evangelium, right? Uh, Proto, it's, it's, it's called the first gospel, right? And the Proto-Evangelium is Genesis 3.15. It says, I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring, he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Right? Here we see two things that didn't exist in the Garden of Eden before the fall. Right? We see the curse on, on mankind because of Adam and Eve's sin. You know, they sinned, they ate of the fruit of the Jesus. God said, you know, no, no, you can't eat this. And they ate. And so the curse came upon Adam and Eve and sin entered the world. And then we also see the provision for a savior who would take this curse upon himself. Right? That's why in a sense this is called the proto-evangelism. It's like the first gospel. It's the first explanation of what the gospel was supposed to be. Right? So Christmas goes way back. Right? The understanding and the concept of Christmas, we see it as Jesus coming into this earth, but the actual, like, like the scope of that started even before, right, like the time began. Christmas goes way back. And we I want to read to you guys John... Oh, is it, uh, I don't think it's working. Can you fast forward it for me? John 1, 1. Uh, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light, the true light, 
which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and he... And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. So, I mean, Christmas, the account of Christmas isn't only found in Luke and Matthew. It's actually found in John. And I believe that this is also a, 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 a telling of the of Christmas, but just not in, in the way that John, who is this melancholy, who is a deep thinker, is a very prophetic man. This is how he describes Jesus coming into the world. And I love it because he takes it all the way back to the beginning. Right? He takes it back to the beginning, before creation, before time, because that's where Christmas began. Jesus always was. Right? You know, in order for Jesus to come into this world as a little baby, you know, like you guys all talk about, oh, baby Jesus, right? You know, Jesus, that's not when Jesus began. Jesus, according to John and according to the Bible, always was. And always will be. As a matter of fact, in the old, entire Old Testament, we see a reference in some way of the person, the character, or the essence of Jesus Christ. It's all pointing to Him. John 5.38. Uh, I know what's wrong. Can you pu- plug this into the USB slot in that little thing right there? Yeah. No, no, not there, but yeah, right there. Um, John 5. 39, it says, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life, and it is they that bear witness about me. Uh, Verse 43, for if you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote of me. And then in um, Luke, after the resurrection of Jesus, he's on the road to Emmaus, right? Like this is after Jesus resurrected, and these disciples are walking out of Jerusalem, and they're on their way to Emmaus. And, and these, they encounter Jesus. They don't know it's Jesus, right? And then they're like, oh, don't you know, you know, the man Jesus? And, and it says in Luke 24, 27, um, that, and beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself, right? And so our understanding of Christmas must start from way back. It's, it starts from the Old Testament. It starts from the beginning of time. You know, and, and people will be like, well, you know, we've been Christmas, we've been celebrating Christmas, you know, this tree that we put up, you know, in Rockefeller's Plaza, we've been doing it since 1933. That's great, but for us as believers, alright, our history is more richer, it's, it's, it goes beyond that, it's, it's deeper than that. It goes back to the beginning of time. It has to go way back, because the implications of Christmas go all the way back. That's the spectrum of Christmas. It started in eternity, took place 2,000 and some odd years ago, and it ends in eternity. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He is Christ that Christmas comes from. Jesus Christ, he's the hope of glory. And we as a people of God have to cherish how amazing that is. God's plan to bring reconciliation between God and man, right, 
by, by sending his only begotten son, who always was and always will be, right? Jesus Christ wasn't just like, he wasn't just like, oh, I'm going to make Jesus so he can do this, right? God wasn't just like, oh, let me like create, you know, this person that will go and, and, and take on the sins of the world. It was it, God, Father, Son, and the Spirit always was. You guys understand that? Oh, they always were in one, like three in one. They always were in that way. And then God entered the world as a little baby, stepped out of eternity, stepped out of heaven for our sake. And that's, that's the depth and that's the, that's the importance of what Christmas is. He came into the world where he would be rejected and killed and rise from the dead where he, where he will redeem his people for eternity. That's our Christmas. That's what's happening right now as we speak. It continues to happen. And if Jesus doesn't come back within our lifetime, we might be gone, right? But, but it, the, the, the Christmas as we, as, as God knows it will continue until He returns. When He will establish His rule and reign for eternity with us. And that's Christmas to us. That has to be Christmas to us. You know, like when, when, when Christians, they, you know, you think Chris, Jesus is offended by Santa Claus and Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. I, I don't really, you know, like, you know, it, he, there, God transcends the world. Because nothing can stop the true meaning of Christmas. That is the scope of Christmas. Yes, we remember that amazing night 2000 and so on years ago. But that moment started before time and the implications of that night is eternal. And that's what we must celebrate. Right? We celebrate something that is so much greater than what, what it actually looks like. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. He is the Alpha. He is the Omega. The beginning and the end. He is eternal. And eternity stepped out of eternity to be finite and with us. For 30 some odd years. And that's amazing. That's powerful. Right? That should radically transform the way we think about the world and the way we think about ourselves. And we celebrate that moment in time where he stepped out of eternity. And that is Christmas. And that brings the people of God a lot of good feelings. It doesn't feel Christmassy. It may not feel like, you know, Christmassy that the world might show it was Christmassy. But if that's the definition of Christmas, let me tell you that Christmas is, is good and it might be fun, but we can live without it. It will not affect our eternity. But the Christmas that God gives us affects our eternity. And so how should we, how should we, like how should Christmas make us feel? What are the feelings a true Christmas brings, right? The first thing, my first point today is hope. We have hope. I preached on hope, faith and love last, you know, few weeks. But what Christmas brings us is hope. When Christ entered the world, true hope entered the world. Now, I personally believe that hope is a word, you know, like, it, I mean, God created everything, but, it, but hope is a word that's specifically like, you know, like, very godlike in nature. 
And, and we've been using it wrong all this time. Because hope, right, true hope, that like the hope that really means thing like anything in this world, right, has to come with faith. And it, it has to be rooted in love. I preached about this a few weeks ago. You know, people use that word hope. They're like, oh, I hope, you know, like, you know, our family, we're Ravens fans, football season. So I hope the Ravens win. Ethan will say it whenever I watch football, you know, on my phone. And then he's like, who's winning? And I was like, oh, you know, like, you know, the Ravens are losing. And he's like, oh, I hope the Ravens win. Right? Like, he has this hope, right? He like, but, it, but if we, we use that in a sense, it's like a wish, right? You know, it's a wish. But in 1 Corinthians 13, the Word of God says that, it says, these three remains, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love, right? And these three things are woven together to be the foundations of the Christian faith. Can't have hope without faith and love. You hope for some, you hope for things you love and things that you believe are true, right? The things that you believe in. You don't, you, you, you know, you, you wish for things that, you know, you may, you know, like that don't really matter, but true hope comes from things that you love. Right? It's, it's, it's instituted. You hope in things that you love. Right? It's what draws that hope out of you. You know, I, I hope in my kids because I love them and I believe in them. Right? In the world, people have hope in themselves because they love themselves and they believe in themselves. It's not bad to be like that, but we have to hope, we have a hope that is so much more and, and greater than, than what the people out there in the world can find hope in themselves. Because it's in God. We have our hope is rooted in God, who takes us out of the finite and brings us into the infinite, into the eternal. And the world doesn't understand the hope that we have. Right? If, if we have, the hope that we truly have, right? Like a lot of non-Christians will like kind of see that and they'll be like, wow, it's so weird. It doesn't make sense, right? And it doesn't make sense to the world. But if you know Jesus, you realize that there is a hope that goes beyond anything that we can find in this world. Is a, a hope that comes from a child born in a manger in a little town of Bethlehem. Who is Jesus Christ? He is our hope of glory. That He's our hope that one day that we will transcend this world, right? The, 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 the finiteness of this world. We will, God has conquered death for us. Death has no sting. You know, there's that song like, like, Oh, death, where is your sting? Well, death no longer has anything over us. And God has given us eternity with Him. That is where our hope comes from. So uh, the first way thing that Christmas should make us feel, right, is it should give us a, an, an immense and amazing sense of hope. A hope that that the world cannot take away from us and a hope that is beyond what we can find in this world. And then the next thing is peace. We feel peace. When Christ came, he brought peace. Peace on earth, goodwill toward men. Who, who's heard of that, right? It's a song about that. It actually comes from Luke 2, but the saying, peace on earth, goodwill toward men, is actually from the King James Version of Luke 2. Right? It says, glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, goodwill towards men. Right? This is what the angels are singing as the news of the Messiah 
is brought to the shepherds. Right? But if you kind of do a study on Bible translations, almost all Bible translations agree that this is not an accurate translation of the original Greek. Right? When we read it in the ESV, which is a more literal translation, it reads, I think it's up there, it reads, uh, And suddenly there was with the angels a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. That's very different, right? Because the King James Version is like, peace on earth, good will towards men, all mankind, right? I believe if you look at the more literal, it, like the Greek translated version of, of what, what it says in Luke 2, it says, glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. Let me tell you, there is a stipulation to the peace that Christ brings, and it's the it's for those people that put their faith and their hope and their love in Christ Jesus. Luke ten says, Jesus sends out the seventy-two. Right? This is like leadership training for for Jesus and his disciples, right? And and it says in verse five, it says, "Whatever house you enter, first say, peace be to this house. And if a son of peace is there." Your peace will rest upon him, but if not, it will return to you. Jesus is born, he brings glory to God, and the peace he brings to all who receive him. It's it's not a, a, a general peace that goes out to all of mankind. It is a peace that we get when we put our hope and our trust in Jesus Christ, when he becomes our Lord, right? When we use that, not just the way that they do in the TV, it's like, oh yes, my Lord, you know, like, when they're talking to like the kings and queens, when we put him, when we see Jesus as Lord, he is Lord of our lives, he is over us, he's in control, we've surrendered our will and our lives to him. When that happens, we get a peace, right, that comes from Christ Jesus. John Piper says it like this, even though God offer, God's offer of peace goes out to all, only His chosen people, the people who receive Christ and trust Him as Savior and Messiah and Lord will experience the peace He brings. God's peace in Christ is offered to the world, but only the sons of peace receive it. It's because you have to receive Jesus to have this peace. And the flip side is also true. When you have Jesus, you have this peace. A lot of times we forget, right? Like a lot of times we have Jesus in our hearts. You know, like like He He's in us. The Holy Spirit dwells in us. He He is living and active in us. He's 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 transforming us. And then all, something will happen, and we get all freaked out. We're like, whoa! We get all stressed out. And then and then God reminds us, I'm with you. The peace I give you. We have access to a peace that is beyond any kind of peace that we can find in this world. But sometimes we forget that. We allow uh, our mindset, we allow our circumstances, we allow like the things of this earth to dictate our like platform of peace. Where, how we are, right? God establishes on this, us in this, it says a firm foundation. He is our rock. He's like, I'm establishing you on me and you have a peace that this world can knock you off, right? But then we, we just start like, oh, what's going on? And we fail to realize the true peace that Christ brings into our life. It's a, it's a peace that the world doesn't understand. It's a peace that transcends our circumstances and it transcends the things of this world. 
It's a peace that even if this world and everything in it falls away, it remains because the source of it is, is our eternal Savior, Christ Jesus. He's the Prince of Peace. He's the Prince of Peace, and He offers us a peace, right? And if you truly trust in Him, right, He's like, you have access to this peace. It's not based on our circumstances, right? And in in our lives, the Bible tells us that, like, you know, in the world, we shall have tribulation. There will be times where, like, not everything is like rainbows and unicorns, right? Like, not everything is going, like, the way that you want it to go. There will be difficulties in your lives. There will be trials. There will be seasons where you're like, oh, man, how am I going to get through this? Right? I'm sure some of you guys are maybe going through that right now. But if you are in Christ Jesus, I want to remind you today that you have access to a peace that is above your circumstances. But it requires faith and it requires trust. You let go and you allow the the Spirit of God to reign in your heart and in your mind. He reigns in your mind. You give Him Lordship over your mind and you're like, Lord, you're in control. I don't have to freak out. Like these days, I'm a little, as our moving date gets closer, I get a little bit more anxious, right? Moving in Korea can be, and moving anytime, anywhere in the world is very difficult. We have to move on May, I think it's like May 8th or May 28th, because our, 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 the people that own our apartment are moving back into our apartment, and so we have to go and and find another place to live. And as that draws near, I get like, like I think about it, and I think about all of the things that I have to do. It's not because I, I fear that God won't provide for us. It's just the amount of work that is involved. And I get super anxious. I get super stressed, right? Like there's all these things in storage, and we have to clean up, and I throw all this stuff away, and all this stuff, and then I get like, I get like anxious. And every time I do, right, I, I forget the peace that God has established in my heart. He has to remind me. He's like, Caleb, snap out of it. Stop being a dummy, right? Right? Have you ever, like, he, he reminds me of all of the testimonies that I have lived through in my life. The amazing testimonies that he has written in my life. And he's like, dude, don't you think that, I, like, can't you even trust me for this simple thing as, like, a move? And I'm like, you know, I'm floored at times. I'm like, oh, God, like, I'm, I'm so dumb. <laughs> I'm so weak, right? But then God reminds me so often that we have access to a peace that is above our circumstances. There's nothing that we can, there's nothing that this world can throw us. If we are in Christ Jesus, we have, He's like, hey, I'm with you. Right? This peace I give to you. He's not giving it like a, like a miser, like, I'm just gonna give you a little bit and then if you run out too bad, no. He's like, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm like abundantly giving you this peace if you will only receive and put your trust and hope in me. So the Christmas, it gives us a reminder of the peace that we have in Christ Jesus. And then number three is a joy. Joy to the world, right? The Lord has come. Christmas should give us a joy. You, know, you get our kids this morning were so happy, right? Because they, they got like, you know, um, my kids, they watch like, you know, Marvel movies and so they, like Ezra wanted like a Thor hammer. And then Ethan wanted like a, like one, you know, the big axe that Thor gets later on. I know this because my kids love it so much, right? And so we ordered it and then they came and then it's like hard to hide it from him because it comes shaped, wrapped like the toy, <laughs> like a hammer. 
It doesn't come in a box. It just comes shaped in plastic like an axe and a hammer. So they knew it's in our house. And so every day they'd be like, God, it's like, Dad, can I just look at it? Like, is it hidden in our closet? And like, Dad, can I just look at it? And I was like, no, you can't look at it, right? And so one day, like, they're please, I'll show it to them. They're like, oh, and I look at it, like, I can't wait till, and it's like, how, how many days till Christmas? It's like, like 10 more days. And it's like, oh, I wish it was one, right? Because they're like, so, like, it's worse because it's there. It's like, they know where it is. Like, we can't hide it from them. They just, I just put it out of reach in top of our closet. They just know it's there. And so they've been waiting for this for so long. And then grandma from America, like, you know, they, we got them presents for that. And then, you know, they still live in Santa Claus, so we got them a present from Santa. And then they woke up this morning, and then they, they came into our room, and they're like, Mom, can we open the presents? And we're like, no, we're still sleeping. Don't open it until we wake up. And then we went back to sleep. And then like an hour later, like, Dad, can we open it? And so we finally woke up, and then we they got to open the presents, and they were so excited. You know, and they're, they're like, you know, you see the joy that they have, right? It's a simple gift, right? Brings them joy, right? You know, Christmas vacation. Ezra and Ethan, they start their Christmas vacation this week. And they're just so excited. You know? And then we get excited about, you know, Christmas movies. And like, you know, like, you know, Chris, like, you know, bowl games and, and Elf, watching Elf and, you know, Jingle All the Way. I don't know if you guys know, but it's one of my favorite Christmas movies with Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's good, right? Santa Claus, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, all of that. You know, it's just, you know. But if Santa and presents of Christmas and vacations is the only thing that brings you joy, it's very sad, right? How pathetic and how sad is that if that's all that can bring you joy? Some people get angry, right? They think like, Santa is taking over Christmas, blah, 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 rabble, rabble, right? And I, when, I, when I see that, I say, don't get angry at them, but feel sorry for them and have compassion on them, that all they un- really know of joy comes from these simple worldly created things that they don't truly understand the, the deep and, and 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 just the the powerful revelation of what Christmas truly is. Let me tell you, our kids they love Christmas and presents, but they we've taught them early on like to understand the significance of the gospel and the importance of Jesus, right? So the other day they're like they were talking in the car. Uh, and if I had this moment of like, oh, I love my kids, right? And it's like, they're talking about like, you know, Thor and Hawk. And then he, and Ezra's like, you know what? I'm going to be God. And then I was like, okay. He's like, because God is the strongest. And then Jesus is like, well, I'm Jesus. Because Jesus is God. And I had this moment. I was like, oh, like, my wife has raised my kids very well, right? <laughs> right? But like, like, no, like, we, we have to teach our kids this true meaning of what Christmas is. It doesn't mean that they can't enjoy it. I feel sad when kids can't enjoy like certain aspects of Christmas, having a Christmas tree, right? But they have to know that there's more. There's a joy that comes right, from understanding the true revelation of Christmas. The full revelation of Christmas. John 15, 11, it says, These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. A true revelation of the gospel brings us joy. It's not just like a happiness, but it's a deep joy. That it's a full joy. It's a, it's a joy that, that 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 goes down to the bottom of our hearts, where people will like you know they look at Christians and they're like, wow, like there's something different about you. 
There's something when I, like you might be working at an office or you might be working at a school and then, and they just come, they have conversations with you and they, you have like, you know, like talks and you go deep into like talks and then they're like, something is different about you. There's something like, like you're just different and that difference is the joy that we have in Christ Jesus. Because we have access to this joy. People that were healed by Jesus, or like, you know, like Jesus' ministry was mostly healing and casting out Jesus. You know why? It's because it actually brought joy to people. If you look at all of the people that Jesus healed, they didn't go away like, oh gee, thanks. And then just keep on sitting, you know. Like the guy that was healed of, you know, like we couldn't walk and he gets up and he didn't just like, oh, thanks, Jesus. And then he just put down his mat and just keep sitting down, right? They all got up and they're like, oh, like, like glory to God. They were like, they had this joy, right? They're just like so happy. How amazing is Jesus, right? And Jesus healed and he continues to do it today because it points to the gospel. It points to the joy that we find in Jesus Christ. And when you have a revelation of the gospel and the truth of what happened at that moment, when we receive, when we receive Jesus, there is a joy. There's true joy there. Now, like, I've seen people, you know, that, that, that go through just, just horrific circumstances and horrific, like, trials in their lives. And I, and I see them and, 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 and I'm 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 blown away about by the the amount of joy that they they have, it, right? and you can tell like wow like it is Christ in you. There's nothing that that can produce this kind of joy except Christ in you. And so it's joy we have the Christmas. It, it tells us and it reminds us of the joy that we have in Christ Jesus. And I'll go through the next kind of quickly. Is like we we have Thanksgiving. Now, in America, the, the holiday season starts with Thanksgiving, in which we celebrate the first Thanksgiving, which was like in 1621, after the first pilgrims had their first harvest. You know, and they met with the Native Americans, and they, you know, like they gave things to God. In Korea, we have Chuseok, right? You know, we had it in September, and then we, if families get together, there's a traffic jam, right? And then streets are empty, and every, you know, like everybody meets with their family and, and do all that, but, how much more does our thanksgiving abound when we ponder upon the greatest and the greatness of our God coming down to earth to save us from an eternity of hell and damnation, being separated from God, being separated by love and goodness for eternity. Like, if you guys think about that, like, like, you know, like, go, dying without knowing Jesus, right? You, you, the, what, is awaiting you is an eternity, right? You know, and like, you guys think about like, you know, the, when you're young and you see those cartoons of hell and it's like all fiery and there's a, like a, you know, like a, like a guy with horns and he has a pitchfork and it's like, oh, you guys kind of think of it in that way. I thought of it like that when I was young. But as I grew up, like, when I truly understood what, what hell and damnation was, it was a lot more scarier than that. If you think about it, it's an eternity. Right? You think about God is good, right? And so you're being separated by anything that is good for eternity. Just goodness. You're being separated with good. 
Think about every good thing that has happened in your life, every good thing that you experience in your life, anything that's good, you're separated from that for eternity. And that's just goodness. And then now you're separated with anything that is love for eternity. You're separated by anything that is joy and peace. And then when I think about that, like, it, I get this, like, like, this, like, this abyss of, of, of dread and fear. Now, how amazing is that, that Jesus Christ, He came to, to, to pull us out of that, pull us out of that pit. That He came into this world, He took Himself out of eternity, and He did what He did so that we can have an eternity with Him. And how amazing, how great is that thanksgiving? How great is that thankfulness in our hearts? And the last one is love. It says, now these three, Remain faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. Christmas, even the world talks about love. Even from secular commercials, right? Like a while back, there was that Gap commercial where it's like, give a little bit of that love. Because like love sells, right? <laughs> love sells during Christmas seasons, right? Because, you know, like, you know, they, 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 they were like, oh yeah, love one another and buy them gifts. You know, like, because it sells and it's good for the economy. But how horrible would it be amongst all of this love and merriment we miss out on the greatest act of love ever in the history of, the, of time. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Whatever love that we are able to have during Christmas should be a reminder of his great love for us. It all started not from us like loving, you know, like things and loving like gifts and loving like, you know, Christmas cookies and but it came from God loving us furiously. Say, like, Caleb, like, I don't want you to spend eternity separated from me. I love you so much. I love you so much that I'm, I'm gonna give my son as an offering, as a sacrifice, so that you can be, I can have a relationship with you. How amazing is that love? And how, and how, I mean, we forget about that love at times. We fail to understand the depth of that love. That's what the angels are singing. Glory to God. How amazing is He? How amazing is His love for us? His love endures forever. The love is a love that the world cannot fully comprehend. A love that knows no bounds. A love that is unconditional and eternal came to earth. That is our Christmas. And I'll close with this, and it's this hidden revelation regarding the Christmas narrative, right? And one of the things is like, you know, we have the, we have this scene right here, right? You guys know about this nativity scene, right? It was crazy, like, they put this up last year, and then all throughout the year, they, they left it here. Right, and every time we moved the TV, they would fall down, and I was like, "Oh, I wish they would like, you know, put this away." They had it all through the summer, all through the fall, and then like in November, right? Like they got rid of it, <laughs> like right before Christmas, they moved it, and then, and then like a few days later, they put it back. But you guys know this scene, right? This nativity scene is Mary and Joseph, right? And who were there? Who were the people that God revealed the coming of His Son to? Right? There were the shepherds, right? And then who else? The three wise men, right? The magi, right? 
Why, why is it only that the shepherds and the wise men were tipped off and told about the coming of Jesus, right? Coming of the Son of God, right? At one, at one point in Israel's history, shepherding was a noble profession. Like the patriarchs were all shepherds, right? It was a noble profession. However, in the time in Egypt, right, they spent what, like, you know, like 400 years in, in captivity or like in, in slavery in, in Egypt. Um, and Egyptians, like their mindset rubbed off and Egyptians like thought shepherding and sheep were an abomination, right? Uh, Genesis 4, 4, 46, 33 says, When Pharaoh calls you and says, What is your occupation? You shall say, Your servants have been keepers of livestock from our, our youth even until now, both we and our fathers, in order that you may dwell in the land of Goshen, for every shepherd is an abomination to the Egyptians, right? So like, Egyptians hated or they just looked down upon shepherding and sheep. And so this 400 years of being like slaves in Egypt, has, their mindset has rubbed off on him. And so now in the time of Jesus, shepherding was like a very low profession. Right? And they were actually considered ceremonially unclean because they're always touching like, you know, like dead animals and like carcasses and like unclean things. And so their reputation was like probably like one of the lowest that, that you can find, right? shepherds of Jesus' times were considered like, you know, the lowest of the low, right? Not lowest of the low, but they were considered pretty low in the hierarchy of, of, of people, right? Generally untrustworthy, right? Even worse, their work made them ceremonially unclean, right? And, and at some places, you know, in Jesus' time, like shepherding was actually banned in Israel except for like parts of the desert areas. Like you couldn't ban, you couldn't actually shepherd near the actual city of Jerusalem. And then who else did God tip off the coming of Jesus to? Were the Magi, were the three wise men. These were pagan divinators from Persia, and divination was considered an abomination to the Lord. But more than that, right? This they were Gentiles, right? They were Gentiles, right? Like people, Jews had had no relations with Gentiles. Like, they weren't supposed to, like, you know, like, talk with them, eat with them, you know, like, Gentiles. Like, you know, they're, they're, you know. And so why? Why, why them? Why the shepherds and why the Gentiles? And it's actually all pointing to you and me. Shepherds represent us, the sinners, the dirty, the unclean, right? It points to the fact that the people that, that Jesus came to were the people that needed a savior. People that needed redemption, people that needed forgiveness, people that needed someone to come and wash away and cleanse them of their unrighteousness. And then the Magi represents the Gentiles. That, that it is not just for the Jews, but it will go out into the world. Jews and Gentiles, black, white, Asian, all colors of the rainbow will one day bow down to the living King, Jesus Christ, hope and glory. Romans 5, 15, 12, 13, it says, and again, Isaiah says, the root of Jesse will come, even he who raises, arises to rule the Gentiles, in him will the Gentiles hope. That's us. That's us. When Jesus came, there was a revelation to the shepherds and to the magi, and it was a precursor to, the, to us who would actually be the ones that received Jesus Christ as hope of glory. That night in Bethlehem, what happened in that stable, 
in that manger, so quiet and so humble, so simple in nature, but the implications of that night rocked eternity. It rocked eternity for all of us who hope in Jesus Christ. And it continues to reverberate throughout history. Let us continue to hold fast to that Christmas. And let us live out hope, peace, joy, thanksgiving, love through faith in Him so that the world around us may understand the true implication of Christmas, not just on December 25th, not just on Christmas Eve, but every day of the year. That we will we will manifest and that we will live with the with the power of Christmas, not just on this day, but every day of the year, that we will have a revelation of the, the impact that Jesus coming into this world and being incarnate, being made in flesh, the impact that it had upon each and every one of us and the impact that it will have to the ends of the earth until until eternity. Let's all stand up and let's pray. Father God, we thank you and we love you and we give you all the glory and the honor and praise. We thank you that, Lord, your Son, Jesus Christ, our hope of glory, stepped out of eternity and became man, became a baby, a baby boy, so that he can live amongst us, breathe this air and, 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 and eat food and, and be a teenager and grow up and become a man so that he can take his place as our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We thank you of, of what that actually means to us, that it's not just a story, it's not just myth, but it is truth that radically transforms our eternity. It's truth that radically transforms who we are and what we will be for eternity. And we pray that that revelation will be a part of our understanding and our hearts, not just on Christmas Day, but every day. Throughout the year, may we remember and may we continue to hope in the power of Christmas, of the, of the day that you came and you became incarnate. You became flesh and lived among us to do what you have, you did to save each and every one of us. God. We thank you, Lord. We give you the glory and the honor and the praise today and every day. May we continue to live our lives knowing the revelation of this truth. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Merry Christmas. Hope you guys have a great day.